as much pain, as much suffering, as much death as Adam brought into the world, much more does Christ sacrifice on the cross bring grace into the world. Hello friends and welcome or welcome back. This week we're going to be talking about much more. Now that's a pretty endless topic, but specifically I want to talk about the much more in Romans chapter 5 of the Bible. So look with me at Romans chapter 5 verse 10. It says, For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more... Now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life? There's a great book called The Indwelling Life of Christ by Ian Thomas. And um, in that book, he talks about this verse, and he, t- he contrasts the two phrases there. He contrasts uh, being reconciled to God by the death of his son and being saved by his life. So he talks about that there are two things there, and I'll quote him here. He says, one is a crisis of the moment. The other is the process of a lifetime and on into eternity, end quote. So I really like how Thomas uh, distinguishes those two things there, that we're justified, we're reconciled to God by the death of Jesus, but now We're saved. We're experiencing salvation by his life. And I think sometimes if you grew up in a kind of a traditional evangelical uh, church like I did, the idea that you're kind of saved as a single moment in time when you open your heart to the Lord and you surrender to him and you become a Christian, that's when you're saved. But I think in the Bible we can actually see salvation as kind of this ongoing process by which we are being saved. Because the biblical concept of salvation is not just you don't go to hell when you die. The biblical concept of salvation is experiencing God's life moment to moment, experiencing God's life right now. That's why Jesus said, and this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That's John 17, 3. The word translated salvation in our English Bible comes from the Greek word sozo, which is a word chock full of meaning. It can mean to heal, to save, to make whole. And so when you understand that being saved is not just about not going to hell, but being saved is about experiencing the full life of God, then verses like 1 Timothy 2.15 are a little bit easier to understand. That says that women will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. So I don't think that means that women uh, don't go to hell because they have children. We are saved from the punishment of our sin by the death of Jesus. But I do think it means that women experience the fullness of God's life in childbearing. And Even that statement, you know, probably will upset uh, some people, and it's a very politically incorrect statement to make, but I will still cast my lot with the Word of God, and if that seems outdated or antiquated to the latest uh, 
philosophers and social commentators of our day, so be it. Uh, that's not really my point right now. My point is simply that the Bible presents salvation as an ongoing experience. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 and 2, he says, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. And that's what Ian Thomas is talking about in his book, where he's commentating on Romans 5.10. He's saying that one is an act of faith for what Jesus did, and the other is an attitude of faith that continues to enjoy all Christ is. So Romans 5.10 says that we were reconciled by the death of God's Son. So Jesus died for our sins, for all of our sins, past, present, and future. He died for everything wrong that we, we've done, every good thing that we should have done that we didn't do. Jesus paid the price, and he rose again from the dead to take the place of who we are, which he does by his Holy Spirit living in us, dwelling in us. That's what Paul in Colossians called the hope of glory Christ in you, that Jesus literally indwells us, that God, the almighty maker of the universe, is literally on the inside of us. And I think if we could get our minds around that one single truth, that that would be completely adequate to sustain us in living the Christian life, that God, the almighty God, Jesus Christ, by the Spirit of God, is indwelling us. And that's what Paul is talking about in Galatians 2.20 when he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Let's go back to Romans chapter 5 for a minute. In this chapter, there are four instances where the phrase much more is used. Uh, one is verse 9. He says, Since therefore we have been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. And then in verse 10, we already read, But if we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. So basically, if God loved you enough when you were his enemy to die for you, how much more does he love you now? How much more does he want to give you the fullness of what Christ purchased for you on the cross? And then in verse 15, he says, The free gift is not like the trespass, for if many died through one man's trespass, much more have gained the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And then lastly, in verse 17, he says, For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. And I don't know if you've thought about this, but all the pain, all the suffering, all the natural disasters, all of the just the, the, the famine and the war, all the suffering came into the world because of Adam's sin. When Adam chose to disobey God and eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he brought a curse on the earth. And as much 
pain, as much suffering, as much death as Adam brought into the world, much more does Christ's sacrifice on the cross bring grace into the world. And that is good news, that because of what Jesus did for us, the kingdom of God is coming on the earth, that Jesus is going to reign on the earth and he's going to set things right. As much as there was pain, he brings healing. As much as there was suffering, he brings comfort. As much as there was death, he brings life. And not just as much, but much more. And that is the much more that Jesus offers to us. As much as Adam brought death, much more does Jesus Christ bring life. As much as Adam brought suffering and pain into the world, much more does Jesus Christ bring healing and abundance. Look at John chapter 10. This is a famous verse. In verse 10, Jesus says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Romans 6, 8 says, Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. Colossians chapter 3, verse 3 says, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Romans 7, 4 says, Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. This is why baptism is is the rite of passage into Christianity because baptism is a burial and a resurrection. We die with Christ and we're resurrected into a new life. That Jesus not only died for your sins, but in some mystical, mysterious way, you died with him. You were buried with him and you are raised with him and his life is on the inside of you. So I would like to invite you to think about what, what does much more mean in your life? Whether you're in school, at home, at work, what does it look like for the much more of Christ's life to be manifested, to be demonstrated, to be shown in your world? What's that look like? What does much more look like? As much as there's death and as much as there's the effects of the curse of sin, much more now. You are an agent of the kingdom. You are to reign in life. You are God's representative walking on the earth to show people what the kingdom of God is like, to show people what the king in God's kingdom is like because he is on the inside of you. And wherever you go, you carry that kingdom to the people around you. And much more than there's death, much more than there's discord, much more than there's all the brokenness that surrounds us in the world, As the church, we carry the life of Christ in us, and we are releasing that life. We are releasing the reign of Jesus when we allow Christ's life to flow through us, when we choose to consider other people better than ourselves, when we choose to love people, when we choose to be gentle, when we allow the fruit of the Spirit to be manifested, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, when we allow the fruit of the Spirit to be manifested in our life, we get to show people, hey, this is what life in God's kingdom is like. We consider people better than ourselves. We don't push down old ladies at the crosswalk. We don't look at porn. We don't rob banks. We don't kick dogs. We're kind. 
we're loving, we heal people, we're gentle, we put others first. This is the reign of Christ in us being manifested on the earth. And as much as Adam's sin brought death, Christ's act of righteousness brings life. And he has chosen you and he has chosen me as the instruments, as the vessels to carry that to this world. And you know, this is not about resolving to be a good person. This is not about gritting your teeth and saying, I'm going to be nice to people. That's not what I'm talking about. Becoming a Christian means that you surrender your life to Jesus Christ as the Son of God and as the King in God's kingdom. And so if you are not sure whether or not you carry the presence of God on the inside of you, I would encourage you to surrender your life and to surrender your heart to Jesus right now in this moment. Just say, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I've done things wrong. I've done things against you. Please forgive me. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you rose from the dead. I believe that you are the Son of God, and I want you to be Lord of my life. And make Jesus your Lord. Give your life to Christ. Go find a believer who can baptize you and welcome you into the family of God. And begin to live this life with Jesus, this much more life. As much as there was brokenness, much more now is there life. This abundant life that Jesus said that he came to bring. Much more shall we be saved by his life, the life of Jesus flowing on the inside of us. You know, it's funny because I think for every genuine gift and every genuine reality in God's kingdom, the devil has a counterfeit and the world has a counterfeit. And and so when the world talks about much more, they're generally talking in terms of stuff. And it's so ironic because people who have much more stuff are not necessarily happier. In fact, there's a whole movement now of of people who want to live a minimalist lifestyle, people who have realized, you know what, there's no there's no satisfaction in having a bunch of stuff. Jesus said that a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. We we shouldn't expect stuff to bring us life or to make us happy because most of the stuff that we want and we desire or we expect to bring us some kind of happiness didn't even exist a few decades ago. So we're fooling ourselves if we think this new device or this new car or this new house is going to bring me satisfaction and happiness, what we're saying is that up to this point in history, nobody has ever been happy because they didn't have an iPhone or they didn't have a Bugatti or they didn't have a Ferrari or whatever. Whatever that thing is that we're hoping brings us satisfaction. And that's just the imitation and the lie that Satan puts out to say, look, much more stuff, much more money, much more sex, much more alcohol, much more drugs. And none of that stuff gives us the life that we were created for. God made us to hold his life. We were created in his image. We were created to be connected with him and to be his representatives on the earth, to show the earth his goodness. That's what we were made for. And everything else is just a shallow attempt to try and find happiness outside of God. There's a quote by C.S. Lewis that says, Human history is the long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God which will make him happy. 
and sadly that is true but i pray that that won't be true in your life i pray that you will surrender your life to the goodness of jesus to the lordship of jesus that you will know the joy of his reign in your life and you will experience the much more that christ wants to give you thank you for listening god bless you (laughs) 